The season of Advent is a time for us to be thinking about when Jesus came and about the fact that he is coming again. Here's Barbara Rainey. We know that when he came, his first Advent, when he came and was born as a baby in a manger, he came to serve us, he came to redeem us, he came to deliver us. He was still king in all eternity, but he didn't walk on earth as the king. He walked on earth as a servant and as a savior. But someday he will come back. There will be a second advent of Jesus Christ. And when he comes back again, he will come back as king of kings and lord of lords. This is Family Life Today. Our host is the president of Family Life, Dennis Rainey, and I'm Bob Lapine. In the songs we sing during this part of the year, in our traditions, and even in how we decorate our homes, there's an opportunity for us to be making spiritual statements and reminding ourselves and others of the reason for this season. We'll explore that more today. Stay with us. And welcome to Family Life Today. Thanks for joining us on the Friday edition. Here it is, December. And I always think of December as a a good time just for reflection, although typically not the the first part of December. Usually it's the end of December Mm -hmm. when you have a few minutes to catch your breath and kind of reflect on what the year has been. Usually the first part of the month, you got too much. You just got so much going on. But but this has been a great year for us at Family Life. We've been celebrating our 40th anniversary as a ministry this year. And it has been fun for us to take some time and just look back on how we've seen God at work in this ministry for four decades. And I was recently looking back on how God worked in the past 12 months. Bob, you know, we impacted a record number of people. 18.8 million visited our website, uh, listened to Family Life Today, Real Family Life, have been to an Art of Marriage, a Weekend to Remember event, bought Passport to Purity, and uh, we're making an impact in the most important institution in our country. And I believe that mission is the mission of the hour. And if you believe it as well, could I challenge you here at year end to stand with us with a generous gift to keep Family Life Today coming on strong on this station to make a difference in the marriages and families in your community. You may be investing in another family who's raising the son or daughter who marries your son or daughter. And so why don't you participate with us in this mission of strengthening the most basic unit of our nation, the family, and doing it, listen to me, doing it around the person of Jesus Christ and the truth of the Bible. I believe this is needed now as never before. You can make a donation by going online at familylifetoday.com or call us to make a donation at 1-800-FL-TODAY. Or you can mail your donation to Family Life Today. Our address is box 7111 Little Rock, Arkansas, and our zip code is 72223. Now, this Sunday is going to be, actually, it's going to be the the first Sunday in December, but it's the second Sunday in the Advent season. You know, Christmas is on a Sunday this year. That's right. Will your church cancel or will I have services? Do you know? Uh, That's a good question. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Churches are always torn about what to Mm -hmm, do, mm -hmm. and you can understand it. So let's say they're having church. Would you go or would you skip it? We would probably go the evening before. Yeah. Um, although, 
That's a hard one to say. It is hard. It's it's always hard to know mm-hmm, what to do because mm-hmm. Christmas morning is such a family time, mm-hmm. and there's so many traditions that to try to say, okay, we want to go to church too, just feels yeah. out of the normal rhythm. I mean, I, I get that. Yeah. yeah. I, and I'm thinking of one child in our family who, if if I would have said, you know, we're just all going to get cleaned up and go to church first before we get about <laughs> celebrating Christmas. Yeah. And I think this child, she might have completely split in half. Left, <laughs> di- dis- disinherited herself from the family? Yes, yeah, so said, I'm joining somebody else's family yeah. for this Christmas? In fact, she's out in the production area of uh, our studio here. Laura, we've asked Laura to come in here recently a couple of times. So, Laura, would you come into the uh, studio and just explain how difficult it was for you to wait the concept of waiting. And and while you're coming in, and Laura, welcome, by the way. Welcome back into the studio. While you're coming in, can we just acknowledge that there might be an hereditary link to Laura's impatience <laughs> that maybe somebody— Now, why would we, we want to meddle in that stuff? Barbara, would you like to explain why there might have been an hereditary link to this? Do you know anybody else who might have gotten impatient around Christmas time? Uh-huh, it wasn't me. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. I know that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe it's being the youngest in the family because I was the firstborn, and I my mother remembers this. I hoarded my presents. I kept them to the side, and I opened them very slowly because I wanted it to last all day long. See, I was, But Dennis was not that way. I wasn't either. I was the last born, so I was the one who thought 5.30 was the appropriate time to go open presents on Christmas morning. <laughs> Absolutely. Right? You, Before you, the sun was up. Well, and, and you know me, morning time is not my oh, yeah. my favorite time, uh-huh. but on Christmas morning, it's, it was a, your favorite time. it's a whole different deal. <laughs> so, uh, so getting up early on Christmas, I was all about that as well. They're going be some people, though, that listen to what we're talking about here. They're going to say, you guys, you're heretics, that you wouldn't go to church on Christmas morning. And Laura, would you just comment on what that would have done to you if I just said, okay, Laura, let's go to to church and you can wait another two hours to open the presents. I probably would have cried. Because I cried already whenever my older siblings would tease me and be like, I got to take a shower. I got to dry yeah, my they were teenagers hair. when you were five. Yeah, and- we got to eat uh-huh. breakfast. Okay, so is there, was there an imposed start time? <laughs> Did your parents say, we, we'll start tomorrow morning at... Because we did. We we said nobody's getting up before 7. And oh, it was sure. great when the kids became teenagers and it was like, can we do it at 8 or 8.30? Yeah, Because they wanted to sleep in. They yeah. were ready to sleep in. <laughs> but, yeah. but did you have a, a time you I'm, had to stay in bed until? Oh, I'm sure that we did. I don't remember exactly what, it, what time it was. Um, but I'm fairly certain I was the first one knocking on my parents' door or walking down the stairs very heavily so that everyone would hear me <laughs> awake. Did did you have a routine for for going to the tree? Did everybody have to go together? We did. Mm-hmm. Well, we switched it up every single year. So it just it depended on whatever dad, you know, his creativity. Mm-hmm. Whatever he came whatever up with. Whatever he came up with. And so, you know, one year it would be youngest to oldest, which was always my favorite because <laughs> I got to see it. So I got to look around the living room. I tried to, I tried not to peek, but it was, it was really hard. My little five-year-old heart couldn't handle it. And then one year it was oldest to youngest and that was traumatic. And then one year it was tallest to shortest, again, traumatic until the year that I outgrew my older sister, which felt like a huge win for my life. Um, and then boys 
lined up first and then girls. It, you know, he just he got creative with it. I so, think what God was doing, though, uh, Laura, was he was he was preparing you to wait until right. you were 31 to get married. Oh, maybe that's Maybe it. that's what he was doing. <laughs> he was doing. building the discipline maybe. in if you. If only I knew back in the day <laughs> that's what was happening. She's celebrating uh, this Christmas with her new love of her life, Josh. And uh, they'll undoubtedly come visit us, Bob. I, well, I would think they'll come visit us. So, so that's a question. Where are you celebrating Christmas? We have are, you worked it out yet? We have. So um, we spent Thanksgiving with my mom's family at the farm. Um, and then this year we will spend Christmas with his family. But we, his family celebrates Christmas Eve. So Christmas Eve is the time where we exchange mm-hmm. gifts and have a delicious dinner. So um, Little Rock's not too far away. So we might just hop on I-40 on Christmas morning and pop over to see my parents. Well, or just drive over Christmas Eve night. You right, could, you exactly. Could leave at midnight. You could just, yeah. And you could be, be there Santa. waiting on the steps. That's right. To and open presents Yeah, you morning. and Josh could get in line. That's right. That would be a new That'd twist. Yeah. Matching PJs. <laughs> Can't wait. Well, we're laughing about these traditions, but uh, Barbara has created a new tradition for families to help them bring the reality of Jesus Christ into your Christmas celebration. And uh, she's created a number of uh, adornments. They're ornaments that are all based upon the names of Christ. The first year were his Christmas names from Luke chapter 2 and and Isaiah. The second year were his royal names. We're going to talk about that in a moment. The third year were his Savior names. The fourth year, the names of Christ in some of the most uh, widely used languages around the world. And this year, your new adornments are actually not metal. These are globes. They're actually heavy as well. Yes, they're round globes, and they have the continents on them, so it looks like the planet Earth. And on each one of the four globes is a name of Christ that reminds us why he came to Earth um, when he was born in Bethlehem. So one of them says Jesus is the light of the world. One of them says Jesus is the messenger because he came to bring us the message of good news. Uh, One of them says Jesus is the Son because he came and was born as the Son of God. And the fourth one is Jesus is the Word. And we learn in John that Jesus uh, is the Word and he came to dwell among us. And so each of those four names tell us something about why Jesus came uh, and was born in a manger in Bethlehem for us who live on planet Earth. I mentioned that this Sunday is the second Sunday mm-hmm. in the Advent season, and and some churches will will address Advent. Others don't. Advent really just means coming. It's mm-hmm. it's about a period of waiting and anticipation for the coming of Jesus. And Christmas is referred to as his first Advent. That's right. Because there is a second Advent coming. There will be a second Advent. And that's really what this set of ornaments, this set of names that we're going to talk about today is all about. It's about Jesus as our King. And we know that when He came, His first Advent, when He came and was born as a baby in a manger, He came to serve us. He came to redeem us. He came to deliver us. He was still King in all eternity, but He didn't walk on earth as the king. He walked on earth as a servant and as a savior. But someday, as you referred to, he will come back. There will be a second advent of Jesus Christ. And when he comes back again, he will come back as king. 
King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And the ornaments that we're talking about today are a series of crowns. There are seven crowns, and each of them has one of his royal names on them. And we as believers need to look forward to that. Just as we have a sense of anticipation that we were talking about earlier um, in the month of December, looking forward to Christmas Day as a remembrance of his first advent, God wants us to live with a sense of anticipation every day of our lives as we think about his coming back again. And when he comes back again, he will not come as a baby. He will come as a king. And that's what these ornaments help us remember. And I've just pulled out two that Barbara rushed by because uh, these are just powerful names. King of Kings, Lord of Lords. It's only used two times in Scripture. This is not a casual name that was given to Christ. The Apostle Paul used it as he wrote to Timothy, and the Apostle John wrote about it in the book of Revelation. And I actually went online to take a look at kings, and I wanted to see how many kings had ever lived. I Googled it, and it was absolutely astounding. Was there a number? Uh, You know, I didn't count them, but there are literally... Thousands, tens of thousands of kings who have lived since the beginning of history. And so now I want you just, again, to think about that title, King of Kings. All tens of thousands of those kings who lived and died. This king, this king came, he died, he rose again from the grave, and He's coming back. There is a second advent that will be spectacular. Well, if you live in a kingdom, the king is the one with supreme authority. Mm -hmm. Whatever the king says goes. If Jesus is the king of kings, then he, his authority trumps all other authority. Mm -hmm. And we talked earlier this year on Family Life Today about the fact that we do live as citizens of a different kingdom, the kingdom of heaven. Mm -hmm. Jesus is the king, and our allegiance, uh, before our allegiance to our country or to our family even, our highest allegiance goes to the kingdom of heaven. That's right. And that's why it's good for us to remember at Christmas that Jesus is a king. He is our king, and he owns us if we belong to him, and we owe him our allegiance and our loyalty. And so remembering that he is a king and didn't just come as a baby, but he is coming back as a king is good for us to focus on at Christmas when we think about all of the different names of Jesus Christ. There are names that refer to him and his royalty as the king, and it's good for us to remember that. And if you want to read, I bet you as a listener haven't been spending much time here. But if you want to read a spectacular setting that occurs near the end of the book of Revelation, go to chapter 19 and look at beginning at verse 11, where there is a rider on a white horse. And this is the place where the title, King of Kings and Lord of Lords, uh, comes out. And it's basically a battle between God and evil. It's the final battle, and it's Jesus Christ who's on the white horse coming to conquer. He is not, as Barbara said, he is not the suffering servant who came to be the lamb. On this particular occasion, he is the king of kings, the Lord of lords, and he is coming to take over. 
and it's spectacular. It says in verse 16, on the robe and on his thigh, he has a name written, King of Kings, Lord of Lords. I think the key question is, do you know him? Do you know the king? Do you have a relationship with him? This is going to happen. This is more real than this studio that we're broadcasting from. It's more real than the car you're sitting in or the house that you're listening to this radio broadcast in or walking, listening as you take a walk on your device. Uh, This is sure and certain. This will become a reality. We have a uh, an experience that we both have shared, but we did share it together. Uh, I remember being in New York back in the 1980s, and I was there during the Christmas season mm-hmm. and there on a Sunday. And I had time to kill because I had a meeting starting Monday morning, and I'd never been to Manhattan before. So I walked around Manhattan and first time to see New York City, see the store windows at Macy's and see all of the spectacular Christmas stuff that's happening in New York at Christmas. And I got tickets to go see the Radio City Christmas pageant at 9 o'clock on Sunday night. It was the last show of the night, and they still had some tickets available, one ticket, that's all I needed. And so I went to see it, and uh, it was fun. It's like a big variety show, like the old TV variety shows. But I was surprised, and and you had the same experience. Mm -hmm. I was surprised. There was a spiritual element Mm -hmm. to this Christmas pageant at Radio City Music Hall in New York City that I thought, oh, they they know what this is really all about. (laughs) Yeah, Dennis and I went for the first time. I don't know. Was it the 80s or was it the 90s? I don't remember. We went and um, got tickets, and we thought the same thing that you did. We thought, this is entertaining. This is beautiful. It's lavish. It's amazing. It's fun. And then it turned on a dime when there was a pause in the in the action on stage and the lights dimmed. And all of a sudden, they began to display a nativity scene, a live nativity scene. So in came the shepherds, and in came they, and they had real sheep, and in came Mary and Joseph, and they had the stable scene. And then down the aisles came a procession with camels and the kings and their servants. And we were, I'm, I remember I was just as stunned as you were. Mm. And we were wide-eyed because we had no idea that this was a part of the program. And they went down the aisle and the music was appropriate and the lighting and all of this. I thought I was at church for a minute. Yeah, I, it, was it felt like, like church. Yeah. I couldn't believe we were in New York City watching this amazing display of the Christmas story in front of us with live animals. And I mean, it was spectacular. And at some point after it made the turn, I don't remember exactly how it started, but they began to read a poem called One Solitary Life. And I just remember it was a powerful, emotional moment that here in the most powerful city in the world, people were going to stop. They're going to recognize who Christ is. And this show, which was to entertain the wealthy, the powerful, the elite, people from all walks of life, recognized the Savior. And, and I hadn't read this in a while. I pulled it up online and I read it, and I just want to read it to our listeners just to remind you of the power of our King. He was born in an obscure village, the child of a peasant woman. He grew up in another obscure village where he worked in a carpenter shop until he was 30, when public opinion turned against him. He never wrote a book. 
He never held an office. He never went to college. He never visited a big city. He never traveled more than 200 miles from the place where he was born. He did none of these things, usually associated with greatness. He had no credentials but himself. He was only 33. His friends ran away. One of them denied him. He was turned over to his enemies and went through the mockery of a trial. He was nailed to a cross between two thieves. While dying, his executioners gambled for his clothing, the only property he had on earth. When he was dead, he was laid in a borrowed grave through the pity of a friend. Nineteen centuries have come and gone. And today, Jesus is the central figure of the human race and the leader of mankind's progress. All the armies that have ever marched, all the navies that have ever sailed, all the parliaments that have ever sat, all the kings that have ever reigned put together have not affected the life of mankind on earth as powerfully as that one solitary life. The Christmas season is all about uh, not just the birth of Jesus, but the coming of Jesus and the reason for his coming. His redemptive work, the uh, the message of the gospel, the ultimately the cross and the resurrection. And that's what we're hoping all of us will keep at the forefront of our holiday celebration over the next few weeks. I want to again encourage you, if you've not seen the work that Barbara Rainey has been doing in creating ornaments that can hang on your tree that proclaim the names of Jesus, Go to familylifetoday.com. This year's set of ornaments, four globe-shaped ornaments that talk about Jesus as the sun, the messenger, the word, and the light. And, of course, we have previous sets available as well. We have 30 ornaments total, and you can see them all when you go to familylifetoday.com. You can order from us online, or you can call 1-800-FL-TODAY to order. Again, it's 1-800-F as in family, L as in life. And then the word today. By the way, if you have the Family Life Today mobile app on your smartphone or on your tablet, uh, that app is going to have some special content loaded into it. I think it already does. It has some devotionals and some ways that you can engage people in conversation during the holiday season to have conversations about Jesus at Christmas time. If you don't already have the app, it is free. Go to your app store and download it. It gives you instant access to Family Life Today anytime you'd like to listen. Past editions of the program are available as well, along with special content like we're featuring this month that's all about Christmas. Again, get the Family Life app when you go to your app store and download it to your device. Now, this weekend, we've got two Weekend Remember Getaways taking place in uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Albany, New York. We've got hundreds of couples getting ready to kick off a fun, romantic weekend together. And then next weekend, we wrap up the fall with getaways in Charleston, South Carolina, and out in the Valley of the Sun in Phoenix, Arizona. And, of course, we'll start up our weekend to remember getaway season 
just before Valentine's Day in February. Please pray for the couples who are attending the getaways this weekend. And if you'd like to give a getaway gift certificate as a Christmas gift, go to familylifetoday.com. More information is available there. And finally, don't forget the matching gift opportunity that we're hoping to take advantage of during the month of December. All month long, we've asked our friend Michelle Hill to keep tabs on our our matching gift and let us know each day how we're doing in terms of being able to take advantage of this matching gift offer. And she is here today with details of the match and an update on how we're doing. Michelle? Hey, Bob. Well, we are just getting started, but I'm pretty excited because we are already receiving our first matched donations. And as I said yesterday, those gifts are being effectively tripled from that matching gift fund of one and a quarter million dollars. Now, just in case folks missed it, let me just explain it again. Say you give $10 to Family Life. Well, that's great. That's awesome because there's $20 added to your 10 your $10 becomes a $30 contribution to Family Life. And the bottom line, when you give, the benefit to Family Life is effectively tripled. Thanks, Michelle. We look forward to your updates throughout December. And uh, if you can help with the donation today, go online at familylifetoday.com or call 1-800-FL-TODAY or mail your donation to Family Life Today at Box 7111, Little Rock, Arkansas, Our zip code is 72223. And with that, we hope you have a great weekend. Hope you and your family are able to worship together in your local church this weekend. And I hope you can join us on Monday when we're going to hear from a number of Christian leaders about how they'd do life differently if they were doing it all over again. And a number of other interesting questions that our friend John Geiger asked these Christian leaders. And so we'll be hearing from people like Nancy DeMoss-Walgamuth, Tim Keller, Johnny Erickson, Tata, Tony Evans, and others. Should be an interesting program. Hope you can tune in for it. I want to thank our engineer today, Keith Lynch, along with our entire broadcast production team. On behalf of our host, Dennis Rainey, I'm Bob Lapine. We'll see you back Monday for another edition of Family Life Today. Family Life Today is a production of Family Life of Little Rock, Arkansas. Help for today. Hope for tomorrow.